0: Box Trek. i am your host matt brady joining me today uh a fellow friend from uh you know my my, my bend the knee podcast sir jimmy um aka jimmy nutter you can find him on twitter uh, i think at jimmy nuts is that correct
1: uh, it's actually at the flock of Valley, but if you search jimmy nuts with two t's and an s it will pop up
0: Okay, perfect. All right. I think I leave that that was
1: your your wrestling name, right? Is that, is that Yes. That is? Yes. That was my uh wrestling moniker. Yes.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey man, it is good to have you here. It's um nice to be here. absolutely. Uh, anybody who follows my my Game of Thrones thing, you'll know that uh Sir Jimmy, uh as I, as I will probably call him, uh you know, we we got a good community over there and so Um, but it's like, Hey man, we both, we're both pretty big into games. And I was like, well, Hey, I, I run a video game podcast. Let's do an episode and we're going to be doing an RPG spotlight here. we have done these before we each have three RPGs. We're just going to talk about them a little bit. Um, and I can go first, uh, since you are, are, are new to the show here. So, uh, just to kind of show you the ropes, Jimmy, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with diablo 2 um so i gotta say the diablo series for me um it is well one it's a great halloween series to play okay you know when it's when it's halloween time you don't have to always play resident evil or stuff like that you can just play anything that's kind of you know scary-esque and Uh, that for me is, is the, is the Diablo series. I've definitely, the first and the second one are where I have by far the most, uh, time spent playing them back in the day on PC. And actually, uh, I had the original Diablo on PlayStation, believe it or not. I I believe there is, there is a PlayStation port and I believe then there is a Sega Dreamcast, port of it. And so the PlayStation port of the original game is ridiculous because one save file would take up 15 blocks of memory, if you remember the old memory cards, <laughs> which that is correct, was the entire PlayStation 1 <laughs> memory card. Yes, that is exactly uh what it was. It was absurd, it was ridiculous. It was good. Um you know, my brother played it a lot on PC, but I so I I, I briefly kind of played, um, I should say Diablo one. I did. I didn't dive into it nearly as much as I've dived into Diablo two um, big kind of differences, I guess, between the two um, Diablo two to me is better in just about every single way imaginable uh, compared to Diablo one. Not that Diablo one is bad or anything. Um, but Diablo one, it's like my God you walk everywhere. there's only three characters. um I do feel like the ambiance in the first one was a little bit better. uh it's definitely a little bit more scary uh stuff like that. but Diablo two just expanded everything about about the game. There's far more characters uh to play as especially as, as well if you as if you had the uh expansion now you have. Um, you know the Amazon, the Necromancer, the Barbarian, the Sorceress, and the Paladin. Um, I typically like to play the Sorceress. That was my that was my character. We had a big group of friends that would all play this game, and um, we would like get together and just do D two runs, right, as we called it. And so it's like you know it's like five of us playing, and we all have different characters, uh, and we're all doing builds. Um, you need to play through the game. Three times, essentially, uh, there is the uh, what is it? There's the beginning, the uh, the beginning mode nightmare. It's, I think I forget what the the first the first, maybe it's novice nightmare and hell, and the hell difficulty is absolutely outrageous. Uh, it is <laughs> it is so brutally difficult. Um, you have to like basically spec your character. Uh, knowing that you are going to like play through it um, to the to the hell difficulty because as you progress in the difficulty because you you beat the game and then you can take that character into the basically take that character to the next difficulty um, so you finish your first run through the game roughly around like level thirty level forty. Uh, there's a huge skill tree with all of these you know different skills and um you know you can go down different paths to- tons of different ways to build out your characters um so like say the say the sorcerer uh, for example who I mostly play as you have three kind of paths you can go down you have basically lightning fire and ice and then even inside of that there's like well do I want to go um I usually played ice and so you get to the end of there's you know there's like a, there's a few different ways you could do it you could do like um uh there's like a blizzard skill which is what i mostly use because it just does tons of area damage but it, it's not necessarily as great for taking down like one person or so and it kind of takes a while to cast so there's another move um where it shoots this like ball out and it like um it's basically more like, of like a fireball but it's just an ice ball i suppose uh and you're shooting it straight forward and out and off that like blades go spinning, so it's a little bit better for one person and will also do damage um, to people around it, but not as much as, say, the, the Blizzard spell would. So, I mean, there, there are so many paths you can take your character down, and really, for the time, I mean, today, you know, in a lot of, you think, like, Dragon Age and all these different things, Um you think of all the different ways you can build characters. I mean, this really, to me, was like, wow, there's so much In this game and that when it when it originally came out, which was like, you know, 2000, um, I felt like that was this was like a great step in uh, in in RPGs. And so, I mean, it's an absolute classic. Um, You can still play it online, uh, you know, today, which is which is amazing uh, and awesome. Um, Playing it with friends is by far what I consider to be uh, considered considered to be the most fun. Um, oh, and then uh, it, I forgot about this. There is an expansion, Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction, which adds in two more characters. You get a druid uh, and you get an assassin. Uh, each each character is, a, I, think, I, think, I think they're all great. Um, some definitely work better than others by themselves, uh, and some work better in teams. Uh, I would say, you know, the let me see, the necromancer is kind of cool. You can like every time you kill somebody, you can raise them up as a skeleton, and then you know by the end you just have this like huge wave of skeletons like surrounding you, taking people out. The barbarians, he's a huge, you know, uh, gladiator essentially. You can use different types of weapons. You can use like a two handed axe and a two handed sword uh, at the same time. You've got a paladin. Uh, who's really great for teams because he can, you know, cast auras and stuff like that to help your team. Um, then you go down to some of the new ca- the, the two added characters, the druid. He uh, has tons of different paths you can go down. He can you can turn into like a werewolf or a bear. You can summon creatures. You can set traps. Uh, and then you get the assassin who is by far the best. Um, I think if you're just going to play by yourself. Uh, because the assassin you, uh, is all about traps, and so in order to set those traps, you need, you know, basically run in, set your traps, get the enemies to run onto them, uh, which is a little bit harder when you've got a bunch of people running around. Um, but it's absolutely great. Uh, everything in the game is expanded upon the first, and I think it's the best in the series. I didn't, I didn't necessarily like Diablo three um, as much as I like Diablo two, and We'll see what happens when Diablo Four comes out. So, Adam, have yeah, you, I think they just they have just you released played? an
1: update for Diablo Four. If I'm not mistaken, uh, like a quarterly update.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, BlizzCon. Yeah, BlizzCon uh, is is coming up, right? The next BlizzCon, I think, is 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 coming up. I
1: Believe it's rapidly approaching. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, have you have you played any of the Diablo series?
1: <clears throat> so, so uh, I'm I'm weird, right? So, when I first started gaming, uh, it was on computer. Uh, however, it was back in the days of like Alone in the Dark. And then I missed like, that golden game, age the of PC gaming. and like I missed WoW, right? Uh, I didn't have something that could run that. I had kind of switched over to console. I didn't even have a PlayStation, so I, I couldn't have played Diablo 2, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, or Diablo, uh, rather. Um, but yeah, I never got to play Diablo 2, uh, but I did get to play Diablo 3. And I just remember how bad the launch was. But with that said... Uh, wow, I had so much fun and so many good long nights playing with friends. Like you said, it, it's a great party game. It's a great just to kind of hang out, chill, make some progress on your character. Um, but no, never got to play Diablo 2. Had a great time at Diablo 3. But I think that it is a popular opinion among many gamers that Diablo 2 is the best of the three, right?
0: Yeah, I would I would certainly I would certainly say so. Uh I mean to me Diablo 2 it's in my top 10 RPGs of all time and I think it deserves to be in the top 10 RPGs uh of all, of of all time. I mean to me uh, it's it's I mean it's right up there with, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue, Final Fantasy 7, uh you know, which If you whichever Elder Scrolls game you want to put in the top 10, you know, (laughs) that that in amongst itself and even saying Final Fantasy seven, you know, there are people that debate Final Fantasy six, but certainly, you know, Chrono Trigger, all of those games. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you got to have Diablo two in in that list. I mean, there were definitely some things in that Diablo three did that I thought were cool. I actually I kind of thought that the the real life auction house was, was I thought it was a cool idea. I thought it was interesting that somebody yeah. tried it because if you, if you remember, like, where we were in that time, um, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sure it still happens to some degree today, but just not not as much as, you know, like, remember it was like, oh, when was EverQuest? Like, early 2000s, like 2002 maybe, something yeah, like that? Yeah, and that it, I, it's... Yeah, and remember, every, people were, like, selling characters, and then WoW came out, and it really blew up. You go to eBay, you could buy, like, oh, level 60 character, max gold, you know, like, people were, people <laughs> were making an insane amount of money off of this. And this is Blizzard. I mean, you know, they own, they own Warcraft as well. Um, and so I think if you're Blizzard and you're seeing all this stuff and you're seeing all these people selling stuff and making money online on eBay, why wouldn't you want to get in? You know get get in on that and hey he, I, I so I, I thought that was I really thought that was a cool idea to be to be honest it it, it kind of faded away and, and didn't really do anything
1: um, but I thought it was, I thought it was a cool idea. I mean I totally agree so I was a pretty big Eve player back in the day and that's a player driven economy and uh, people sell their accounts on Eve all the time right um, so I, I too actually kind of enjoyed the idea of the auction house but somehow it just wasn't implemented the best way. And I think it's just we'll probably never see them try it again. And that's kind of unfortunate, I think, because of how bad the reception was. But I, too, am really into player driven economies and just an auction house. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then uh, have you what
0: where did you play Diablo three? Because I have been I, I originally played it on Xbox 360 uh, and so I actually haven't played Diablo three on computer, but I kind of want to get the Switch version.
1: You know, I, so I played it on PC. I actually too considered getting it on Switch. I kind of told you before we started recording uh, that I'm pretty much just looking for any reason to play my Switch more because it's just way more convenient to game on. It and is. I, I actually I love it. I love the ecosystem that Switch has. It makes me feel like I'm playing a gaming console and not a watered down you know computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I I've only played it on PC and I've definitely considered getting it on if any console the Switch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a yeah, I I love I love the Nintendo Switch. There are things that I totally think Nintendo if, you know, when what whatever if the Switch Pro or whatever it is, which I hope actually I think that'd be the thing to do. I mean, I don't know. People say the Switch is underpowered, but I I don't I don't think so. I think it's I think it's adequate. It's adequately powered for for uh, you know, where where we're at. I mean, the eShop the e shop needs an overhaul because it's just like hard uh, to find anything on there. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's bad. It's, I mean, it's just it's, it's real just bad. <laughs> it's just bad. It's just it's the 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 funny thing is that the, oddly enough, the Wii, three DS, and Wii U's eShops were infinitely better, um, just because they they weren't like ridiculously flooded with like shovelware, and so it's like stuff just get it's 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 impossible to find anything. On 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 the eShop. It's like I go into the, the sales and I'm like, OK, well, I'll check and see, like, you know, what what games are on sale. And it's like 600 games. Like I have to spend like minutes just sifting through it. like OK, what do I want? You know what I want? It doesn't there's no sort of. Here's here's what's here's the games that are recommended for you based upon. You know, all of these all of these things I think we take for granted and don't really notice. You know, like when I go to Steam, it's like, hey, here's games that are recommended for you because here of your previous purchase. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I, that's probably... And so you'd see things that you'd like more. I think Nintendo, they, they need
1: to overhaul it. 100%. I mean, even yeah, even just getting your uh, existing games that you don't have installed reinstalled is kind of a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. So...
0: Uh, all right. Hey, man, uh, that's Diablo 2 for me. Uh, what do you have on, on the board? Uh,
1: well, so I wanted to pick either lesser known RPGs or RPGs that have kind of went to the wayside and maybe don't get their due. Uh, I think this one probably gets its due for most people who have played it, at least. Uh, but my first one is also a 2, but it's, uh, it's not Diablo 2. It's Mass Effect 2 from the Mass Effect trilogy. Um, have you played Mass Effect 2?
0: So, uh, yeah, I've, I've, ta- I've, talked about, I've talked about this uh, before on here. So here's the thing uh, with me and Mass Effect. I always wanted to play it. My brother is hardcore into Mass Effect. Like, he blitzed through it. I have a buddy. Uh, his name is Justin. Um, and he, uh, same thing, loved Mass Effect. I loved the first game like i liked the mate like the mako right where you get to drive around and do everything i tr- i just i don't know what it was i just got like i don't know a couple hours into mass effect 2 and i just felt like it was really different and i was just like i, just, I don't know man i don't know i kind of i kind of put it down and then i haven't picked it back up since
1: well i will say i i think they're severely different uh mass effect one way 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 more linear um and even the, some of the art for the ships and stuff was a little bit different. Uh, I felt like they felt a little more Star Trek-y in, in the first one. Uh, whereas uh, the second game really opened up. And uh, I actually, when I so I played this trilogy all at once, and I played it in, I think, 2014. So it was after it was done. I was just kind of like looking for a game to play. And I uh, had it recommended to me. I enjoyed the first one. I mean, I thought the story was amazing, but like the gameplay was definitely like slightly dated at that point, And now it'd be very dated, but like, it was fine. Um, I wanted to see what happened. So I picked up mass effect Two. And to this day, um, I don't know if I've had a game that has just enthralled me in the decisions that I made and mm-hmm. made me feel rewarded or punished for those decisions more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, that I, th- I, I totally get what you're saying, especially if you played Mass Effect 1 and you really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, Mass Effect 2 is way more of an open world. Even though it's not open world, it's a, lo- it's a lot more of an open experience, in my opinion, uh, with a lot of d- different paths to take, right? Um, but Mass Effect 2, to me, personally, uh, it's in my top five favorite games of all time, for sure. Uh, I mean, it could probably, on, on some days you could probably catch me saying it's my favorite. It just depends. Um, but... Man, I feel like there's those games that come in those generations, and this is that Xbox 360, PS3 mm-hmm. generation, right? This was that game that said, hey, uh, RPGs now, you don't have to decide between a great narrative and great gameplay. You can have both. And the shield firing, uh, the combat, kind of that Gears of War, you know, kind of um, uh, going cover to cover felt really natural and I remember just being really impressed by how my input from the controller like actually felt like it was it was responding well to me uh, rather than feeling kind of clunky. Like a lot of RPGs tend to be, uh, especially at that time on console, um, just in my opinion. But um, man, the narrative though. And the decisions that you made, they had an algorithm for the end of the game <laughs> where your interactions with these characters decide life or death. And in the, in the survival percentage chance uh, you know, of these people that you've spent you know, 20, 30 hours with in the story, it was just like the stakes were actually high is, is the best way I could describe it. It felt like when I was playing this game that everything actually mattered. And uh, no cookie cutter characters. Everything felt really original. And my, my boy Garris, which is my favorite character. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, come <laughs> on, uh, Garris is Garris is the homie, right? Yeah,
0: like oh yeah, Garris is yeah. Garris is sweet. the whole every, all the characters in the game are great.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's and I think that's and I, I, even like when I read, I'm a character driven person. So to have you know all this character driven plot. With the plot actually being really interesting, uh, it was just a home run, and it was the first game I remember where the romance felt real. The mm. romance tickled your fancy, figuratively and literally. And it was, uh, it was interesting. I don't know, it, you actually felt uh, tied into the relationship, uh, at least I did at 24 years of age, which might be embarrassing, but uh, it's the first game I can remember up until probably Witcher 3 where the romance felt. Uh, important and had weight in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think that. Well, I, I think I speak for a lot of people when they say if you know everything that everything every game and you know in the world at this point has gotten a remaster or a remake. Um, I don't I don't know that Mass Effect would necessarily needs a remake, um, but I certainly think it deserves a remaster that allows it to run you know like 60 frames a second and and yeah. smooth um because i think maybe that's part of the other the other reason was you know i bought the mass effect trilogy i remember it was on a, it was on a playstation sale at some point and you know this is when the P- the ps4 was already out right um yeah and so I think it was like 2014 or something. And so you know, Sony had, you know, they'd run sales and you could still get PlayStation 3 games discounted on on the Sony store. And so I got like the entire trilogy for, it was like 3 bucks. And I was like, "Well, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to buy that." Um <laughs> So I played, you know, I played I played through the first game. Um and I loved it. I mean, I the story was amazing, all of the choices, the fact to know. And I mean, it speaks for the it speaks for that trilogy as well. I know a lot
1: of people kind of don't like the ending or whatever but um i didn't mind it i'm in a very slim minority there but
0: well and 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 i have i I do have you know some i i have without really i don't really know exactly what happens like my brother my brother has nick he's he's been on the podcast before he's mass effect is his jam he's played it like different ways hundreds of times um but i mean it's to know that your your decisions are going to carry over, because that's the thing, is we'd ha- heard that before, like, yeah, your decisions matter. That was at that kind of point in time where, like, hey, people are making games, but the, the decisions you make matter, right? To me, that kind of goes back to, like, Fable is really yeah. what, the, Fable and then, you know, stuff like that. But certainly that was the one where it was like, and Dragon Age was kind of was kind of doing that, too. Um, but to me, this was the one where it was like, no, 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 the decisions that you make will carry over in this whole Trilogy, like a decision that you make in game one will make a difference in game three, uh, and I think there's I think there's definitely something to be to be said for that, and I I, I think it's super cool. It looks really good, um, and I totally hope it gets it it gets a remaster. Uh, the combat, I thought. I thought was fun. Um, but then the second one, you know, it's a little different. It definitely turns a little bit more yeah. into a shooter. Um, and then I've heard that the third one kind of like balances out a little bit. Like the third one. They're I, like the, the third one, yeah, I the think, third is third one's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think it's I think some people are like from just in talking because I've never tried to really spoil it. I mean, the. I've heard I've heard that it's kind of like well the first one's one direction, the second one they kind of go in a different direction and the third one they kind of balance it. And So some people really like Mass Effect 1, some people really like Mass Effect 2, and then I think most people are kind of like yeah, and then 3 three's good. But it's it seems like people really have a pick between 1 and 2 and then everyone's kind of on board with saying 3's like pretty good. Um I mean the whole the whole trilogy uh is really good. But I got to say with that with the ending, I mean I think it's just hard to end something so epic, right? Um I, I and so I mean the fact that they do a definitive ending. Um you know, it's like I think about other video game series like and I'll get I'll give you two examples. Uh Halo 3, you know? Yeah. Halo 3 should have just ended it. Right? It yeah. sh- it should have just ended it and then you can come back later with prequels and and stuff like that, but it should it should have just been the end and then you 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 come back years later and, and do stuff. but it's like it, it just it's like you do this huge campaign and then you get to the end of Halo three and it's like, well, Halo 4 is definitely happening, you know at, at some point, right? Halo, <laughs> right? Halo 4 was a disaster to be honest. Um, and then <laughs> and then I think about gears of war. Where Gears of War had a definitive end uh at, at Gears of War three, and the ending to me it was like it was okay like it wasn't this you know he uh I don't know have you have you played through the Gears of war series
1: i i, I actually haven't it is not my cup of tea that's okay, okay,
0: so I mean, you get to the end I mean the gears I thought I loved Gears of War, one, two and three, I thought it was you know great games, the story's really good, and Gears of War three the story just gets it gets. Push to the max and it's 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 awesome. Um, But then you get to the end and it's just kind of like, well, you just kind of kill the kill the bad person. And then that's kind of it. But it's like, you know, sometimes you just you build up to this stuff and then it's just it's hard. I think sometimes I think it's when something is so epic, it's like, how do you you have to end? You have to end something. You have to end with something even more epic. And so I often find in stories where the ending is so amazing That a lot of the stuff leading up to it isn't as as amazing because it's like, well, I've already you if you in other things where it's like sometimes you've used your really good ideas in the middle of the story. Then you get to the end and it just doesn't feel as big because you had some huge, amazing moment earlier on. And that's why sometimes, you know, as a writer, I think you got to build, you know, you got to build up to the ending, not just be like, well, I could do this and it'd be so epic. And then you you, maybe you should have saved that for later or something. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think in any kind of medium for entertainment, that's really difficult to do. And I think, especially in TV, you've seen a lot of times now the big moments come in like the penultimate episode, like right before the finish. And then then a lot of times the last episode of a TV show will almost be an epilogue. right? Uh, And and obviously you're not going to see that with games (laughs) because we don't have episodes or whatnot. But I agree, and personally for me, Mass Effect 2 is a 10 out of 10 game, and that's why I chose it today. But to me, Mass Effect 3 is a 9 out of 10 game. You're right, the combat was much, in my opinion, the combat was amazing. I just remember being, like, starting Mass Effect 3, like, right after Mass Effect 2 ended and just being, you know, hyped and being like, oh, man, like, this control scheme is, like, a little bit better, and man, this feels really good. Like, the physics of the game felt really heavy uh, and had weight, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And, um, yeah, I don't know, Mass Effect 3, so I played it after they actually patched the ending of the game. Oh, okay. uh, Which which essentially just gave you more options to end the game. And uh, my options actually led me to the original ending anyways. And I'll tell you why I, I was okay with the ending. Because my choices got me to that point, right? Right. So, like, it's the ending that did fit the narrative that I myself crafted through these decisions. So maybe, if you didn't like the ending... You should have made better decisions. That's all hey, I'm
0: saying. Hey, no, there, there, and there's something to be. There's totally something to be said about that. Yeah,
1: that's the beauty of that game. I mean, uh oh, I that that will forever have a place in my heart. And we're talking about remasters. Um, actually, it is rumored that Mass right. Effect in 2021 may be remastered. And let me tell you what day 1 purchase. I mean yeah, I Yeah, I I mean it still it still
0: looks really good. I don't know that it would I don't know that it needs a remake cuz that's like a pretty serious
1: undertaking. Yeah, like you said, 60 fps is all, all I really want. Yeah, I mean
0: 60 fps you could retexture things. Um, sure. you know, like if you I don't know if you have you played any of the Arkham games?
1: Uh, so I played whenever they first came out I think I played 10 hours in each of them okay
0: so <laughs> so so that's to me is is kind of is kind of a way to look at a remaster so um it's kind of interesting you have so got um Arkham City um for. Arkham City came out, you know, and then, you know, there's a PC version of it, which, you know, you can run max settings and all this stuff. But then they did a remaster of it for, like, PlayStation 4, and that's actually the definitive version because they went in and they changed, they upgraded um, character models, right, and and textures and stuff like that. So even though, you you know, you can only run it on the PlayStation 4, you know, you can't run it at 4K or anything, Um, people still consider that to be better just because of the you know, the, the retexturing and stuff like that. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I, to me, I think that's what you could do. You know, you put it out on a PlayStation five, Xbox series X PC um, and you just, and you remaster it, let it run at 4k. And I mean, it'll look, I mean, the game itself is pretty, is, is a pretty game. I mean, if you can, if you can run yeah. that at, at a smooth 60 frames, you know, there's going to be no technical hic- hiccups. Everything's going to run a lot smoother, a lot faster.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, the that cinematics a were good for then, and they're going to be good now. Yeah. Especially in 4K. And I would like to point out a lot of people give Andromeda a lot of shit. I actually, just for the record, want to say that I know Andromeda wasn't well received. I actually enjoyed Andromeda, one, because I was back in that world and I mm-hmm. loved it. But you know how we talked about a definitive end? They really went somewhere totally, they almost made it more about exploration. Right and surviving, and I I don't know I really like that, so I might just be a Mass Effect stan. Uh, but th- all those things combined, I still think Mass Effect Two is the the pinnacle of that series, and honestly, it's one of the pinnacles of modern RPGs.
0: Yeah, and I'd say that I'm pro- I might be in the minority a little bit of of liking one more. And again, I didn't finish two, um, but I, I played I just played a little bit into it. But I do feel like more people tend to say Mass Effect 2 is their favorite from the series than just what I've heard of, like, Mass Effect 1.
1: I think I think that's true, and one of the big reasons is because at the end of the game, you go to your friend and you say, man, who survived out of your crew? Because right. it's totally different, you know, yeah, person to person.
0: Because I think there's only one person that dies in Mass Effect 1 of your crew.
1: Correct. Right, yeah, so... If, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe right. that's, that is true. Yeah. Um, but... You know, there's a whole different set of cinematics, uh, depending on who gets saved in in which situation. Yeah, it's just like, you know, going to school. then I, I, you know, I didn't play when I was, you know, in high school, but I can imagine a high schooler going in. Like, who who survived on yours? You know, I mean, it's just like it's a social thing uh, mm-hmm. for a single player game, and it's just so rare.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Well, um, next on the docket, I have. Uh, I'm gonna go to po- I'm gonna go to Pokemon Sword and Shield, so um, you know this uh, this franchise, uh, you know the Pokemon series, it, it, we finally got what we've been asking for, even though it isn't it, it is in kind of a weird uh, way to do it, where people have been asking for, well, since the original of a console. Pokemon Sword and Shield, not a handheld Pokemon, or a, a console Pokemon game, not a handheld one. Well, we get it on the Switch, so it's kind of both, really. Um, this, uh, I, I have mixed kind of feelings about this game, because I think that they did, they did a lot of, they took a lot of new ideas, um, and they kind of went in a different way direction with it although i think some people feel it's more watered down um so it's kind of interesting i don't know have you have you played pokemon sword and shield or really i I have not any any of the pokemon games i guess i should say
1: so my parents screwed me over and got me Pokemon Yellow way back in the Dizay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I couldn't get uh, the Mythic Pokemon on whatever it was, level 8 or whatever. Right. Or Island 8. Um, so the only experience I have is Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Yellow. But I did have my eye on Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I kept hearing like 50-50 things about it. So I'm actually really excited to hear your thoughts. I mean, okay. obviously it's on your spotlight, so I'm assuming right. it's very good. But this might be something I might Snap pick up as soon as we disconnect this call so. okay yeah i mean well if you played pokemon yellow then you've
0: pretty much played every pokemon game uh i mean to be honest they're all very uh similar except i would say i would say sword and shield are by far the most different um i don't know ranking them is so difficult because you know red blue and yellow are are so good um and then, you know, so it's, they have different generations, right? So you take Gen 1, Red, Blue, and Yellow. Gen 2 is Gold, Silver, um, and Crystal. Um, then you get to Ruby, Sapphire, which is what most people consider to be the worst Pokemon generation. Uh, then you go to Diamond, Platinum, Pearl, which I think is pr- most people's either one. It's I would say most people's one, two, and three are Red, Blue, and Yellow. Uh, gold silver crystal or diamond pearl platinum and i think that it could rotate around um, and the formula really doesn't change until you get to like the 3ds ones it kind of changes a little bit which is uh pokemon x and y and then like sun and moon um, so sword and shield though uh for the switch i have sh- uh pokemon sword and again the difference in most pokemon games right you know it's like uh if you haven't played the Pokemon games, right? The, the the whole idea is basically you get half the Pokemon in one game and the other half uh, is the other set of Pokemon and you're supposed to trade with your friends and that's how that's how you can collect them all. Um so so in in, in Sword and Shield they do um you know some pretty interesting things. Uh you know, so like in Yellow, right? And I, I can compare it to that since you played it. You know, you you have your rival, right? And right. your rival will always pick um you know, the opposite Pokemon of you. Well, not in yellow, but in red and blue, your Pokemon, your, your, your guy will pick um, the opposite. Because in yellow, you start off with Pikachu. Um, but so, y- you know, if you pick, if you pick a fire Pokemon, he's going to pick a water Pokemon. Well, so, and then it's always like he's, ch- your, your rival's always challenging you to be the Pokemon champion, and they're always, like, really good, and every time you go somewhere, he's like, you know, you'll run into your rival, and they're like, oh, I already beat this gym you're about to go to. It was pretty easy. Uh, and so, in this one, the they have, like, a pretty cool cast of characters, I will say. Um, and so, it's like, you have your rival, although he kind of sucks, to be honest. Like, they, they totally went in a different direction, and your rival is, like, awful and like you're always beating him which I mean you do anyway but it's, he's like never ahead of you and so it's real it's just kind of it was just kind of funny um and then your rival's brother is like the pokemon champion um and then there's like the story itself actually I thought was pretty good like there's actually kind of a crafted story uh into this which there haven't been in a lot of pokemon games like the story is just kind of loose like yeah you're just trying to become the champion and then you know team rocket or whichever team it is based upon the region is, is kind of there but here they have kind of like this detailed story and there's like all of these kind of little subplots going along uh you've got like the, the the guy who's in charge of the pokemon league he's kind of like shady and there's something going on with him uh and then there's like these mythical Pokemon you keep hearing about all the way throughout the game, rather than just like, oh, hey, it's some random dungeon where you can just go catch some Pokemon. Um, it's it, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and this game introduces the first they the it's just it's the wild area, right? Um, so in in most Pokemon games, you just as you're as you're traveling the ro- along the very linear path. There will be you know grass, and when you walk in the grass or in a cave or something, a Pokemon can attack you, uh, and that's how you catch them. But here you have the this huge, and they still have their routes uh, in this game. But it's it's a big kind of feature is the the wild area. It's like this huge open section, and that's where like all the Pokemon are that you're going to go catch. And there's different regions in there. Um, you know, there, there's like there's like an ice region and all this stuff, and that's where you'll catch the different kinds of Pokemon. Uh, so it kind of streamlines catching Pokemon uh, in a way, which is which is uh, kind of cool, and I think is a lot of fun. And now there are uh, these things called raid uh, battles, in which there the the big kind of gimmick in this game is uh maxing and Dynamaxing Pokemon, in which certain Pokemon in the game. Um, you can turn into basically like Godzilla-sized Pokemon, and then they can do they get like a different skill set, and they can do more damage. Um, they've had something similar to this, uh, which they introduced in Pokemon X and Y, and ran with for a while, which was Mega Evolution Pokemon. So, like say Charizard, for example, now gets an an a a battle only evolution above Charizard that he can use, and so uh, you know, it just kind of just. Uh, they got to change it up. I mean, at some point. I mean, I think I think they have like 800 Pokemon uh, over the game. So, so, so over the all the all of the game. So at some point, you're going to run out of ideas. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so now they have these things where you uh, Dynamaxing and Gigantamax. that's that's kind of the thing. But you can catch like special vert kind of special uh, Pokemon's. Um, out in the wild area and you can actually battle alongside with people online and so that's kind of cool and that's just kind of a, a, a new fun way of of kind of of doing of doing battling and stuff like that so there's just a lot of there's a, there's a lot of changes a lot of subtle changes that they did in this game that's just outside of the Pokemon uh kind of thing it was this game was criticized for its graphics uh because people said it's like a pretty. Like well, I think it's pre- It's a pretty game. There's definitely like assets and stuff like that that are pretty like low res and stuff like that. But I don't know. People, I think people just need to get over that. Um, like completely altogether. It's it's not. I don't know. I don't know why that was a uh, that was a a big deal whatsoever. Um, you can now pretty much fly anywhere in the game at any time, which is I I think cool. That's cool. Yeah, because uh, one of the biggest issues, and it's it's by far the a big issue. Um, they changed it. They know they, they they definitely changed it this game, but I think uh, there's a couple other Pokemon games because where they change this as well. Because you know, think back to Pokemon Yellow. It's like you have to have some of your Pokemon have like strength or fly or surf as moves, right? In order to do things in the map, and so that eats up space, and it's just you know you know it's just it's not it's not fun. So, um. There's uh so now that's basically gone, uh, which I think is actually uh, for the better. Uh, to be and in- in- entirely honest, and so um, there's two big DLC packs for this: uh, the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. The Crown Tundra is getting ready to come out uh, later this month. Um, the Isle of Armor, just you know, new Pokemon, kind of expanded area. So the game's huge. Uh, there's a lot to do. And uh, I think I think it's a lot of fun. And if you're somebody who's like I haven't played a Pokemon game since I was a kid, I think it's a great place to get back into it.
1: I mean you're you're speaking you're speaking my language here. You're getting me a little hyped up. Uh, now the question is: Is there a correct version to go with? Do you go with Shield or Sword?
0: Um, I I don't think it really matters. Um, I you you can pull up a Pokemon list and kind of look to see which ones are exclusive, but. Even now, you can trade online. Um, you can even do like just searches like online. Like, hey, I want this guy. I want this guy. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty easy to acquire the Pokemon that you want. Um, whatever version you get, that is the legendary Pokemon that you will get in the game uh, when you get when you when you get to the end. So I wanted the I forget his name, but the Pokemon with the sword in his mouth rather than the Pokemon with the shield in his mouth um and so that's ultimately uh what i went with and i typically go for the the blue version right i had pokemon blue i had pokemon silver so i usually don't try to go fire pokemon and i think the the uh shield pokemon i'm blanking his name i don't know i looked at it and i was like he's got he looks like he's got fire on him so I, i i typically go with the blue versions
1: so for the people who uh, are original Pokemon fans, are there any original Pokemon in this game or is it all? Oh, Miranda yeah, there's tons.
0: Games? Oh, no, 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 there's tons. Oh, OK. Yeah. Once you get past yellow, right, which, you know, is really uh, a combination of red and blue, right? Um, yeah,
1: you just uh, have to start with Pikachu. Yeah, you have to much, start, you
0: start with Pikachu, but you can get like it's but yellow is by far the easiest of uh, of, of, of the three. It's the worst. <laughs> I don't know that it's I don't know that it's the worst. Like I always just viewed it as it's different. It's just it's just different. There are there are there's there's definitely cool stuff in there. There's quality of life improvements, um, and you, like for example, Charizard can't learn Fly in Red and Blue, but he can learn Fly in Yellow, which is huge. Okay, uh,
1: I, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. So there so there there definitely are some, there definitely are some quality of life. and I think the story the the story is better in yellow just because it is team it's team rocket. And you go up against Jesse and James rather than just a random team rocket rocket people um, through throughout the thing. So th- there's, there, there's cool stuff there. there I, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike dislike yellow um, even though it is, it is the easiest of the, of the three. It is by far the easiest um, of, of the original three, but yeah, there's tons. I mean, uh, I mean, Pikachu's in this Taurus. A t- there's tons of those. And as you, as you progress forward, um there's always like a mixture like there's gen 1 pokemon and gen 2 there, I mean there's gen you know you'll you can it, they always just kind of pick out of the out of the thing I mean you can find pokemon um from pretty much every generation as you move forward you'll find you'll find old pokemon and stuff like that you may not ne- necessarily find all of them um but you can trade up and stuff like that there's a thing called the pokemon bank in which you can store pokemon and so all of the pokemon that like I think all of the Pokemon are in the game. You just may not be able to find them uh, initially.
1: Okay, that's really cool. I mean that that uh, that actually really intrigues me. I kind of want to play. It. Is is when you're going on the path? Is it 2D or is it 3D? It's it's the whole game's 3D. All right, let's go. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I mean the
0: paths are linear, and so it's yeah. I mean, I mean know, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty linear, but the the wild area is open. I mean you can. You can go do whatever. Go go run around. Do you know? Do do whatever you want and stuff like that. And so, I mean, it's fun. I think I finished the game. I think I finished it in like thirty hours, uh, and then I spent around like five hours in the first DLC. I'll spend another five hours. But I mean, if you're a hardcore collector, I mean, there's 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 so much in Pokemon, right? I mean, like you can if for somebody. So if you haven't since you haven't played it in a while, I mean, there's shiny hunting in which. Um, you can you can find a Pokemon, right? And then there's like a one, and I don't know what the what the number is, but let's just say it's like a thousand. Um, there's like a one in a thousand chance that that Pokemon will be a shiny version, in which they are um, colored different. Um, and so the that's the only difference is that they're a different colored version, and they call them shiny. And so let's I don't uh, just thinking off the top of my head, like let's say, let's say a Pokemon like Scyther, right from from the original right. original thing yeah his his shiny variant i can't remember what he might be he might be like a he might be like a lighter green or some are just a different color uh and stuff like that but they're incredibly like difficult to do so there are people that literally spend like hours just trying to get like a full shiny set uh and and, and stuff like that like shiny mewtwo is like you know because you have to you have to basically keep resetting your game until you've you Come across until you you get into that battle with Mewtwo, and now that Mewtwo is a different color. So when you get him, oh, you get the different colored version and stuff like that. So there's that. There's um, people who do battling. There's uh, stuff called like evolution points, which is the way in which you raise your Pokemon will cause them to end up with slightly different stats as you get to the end, which is huge in competition. Um, and oh, so wow. yeah, so I mean, there's the the game itself is pretty simple, but the underlying uh just because of the community and everything. Uh, I mean, you could literally be a you only play Pokemon like as your main game, uh like, you know, day in, day
1: out. I mean, you could absolutely uh do that. I mean, that that's really cool. Sounds like a lot of content.
0: Yeah, yeah, there it, yeah, it on the surface level, it's yeah, it's pretty average, but underneath there is like just pretty much unlimited content.
1: Uh, if you, if you really want to, want to dive into it. So how, how long, uh, would I need to play to, for us to do battle? Can we battle? Let's battle. We could, we could totally battle. I feel like you would
0: destroy me. (laughs) Well, um, from what I remember about battling is battling always you, they, they de-level your Pokemon to, I think 50.
1: Oh, okay. Or they
0: raise up your Pokemon to 50. Level fifty.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I might be, I, I might I'm... be, I might
0: be mistaken on that, but I, I'm, pr- I think that's what they do because I think it, it, they, it, the battling has to be even. Is is the, is the thing? Yeah,
1: I might, I might be picking up uh, Pokemon Sword here. Hey, you should, I... well, you should
0: get Pokemon you, you, or that, or you can get Pokemon Shield because I have Sword, and then we can trade.
1: See, they, they're geniuses. See, it's, they're yeah, genius. It's,
0: it's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me look it up here. Pokemon, I think it's level fifty. Um, when Pokemon level is set to all fifty, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's what it does. So, uh, all right, man. Well, uh, I'll toss it back to you.
1: All right. Uh, so, I just realized that my other game is also a number two. So, we're just keeping that theme going. We're just going to call this the sequels, I guess. But uh, mine is a game that has. Uh, A lot of merit for me as a gamer, um, but also is just an amazing video game, is Divinity Original Sin 2 by Larian Studios. It uh, released on Microsoft Windows. Obviously, it's on Steam. Mac OS, which is cool. I believe it also has Linux support now. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and it's also available on the Switch, which I would love to replay on. And it came out back in 2017 and then on uh, other platforms later. Uh, Later down the road. Uh, I believe they're also going to be releasing this on iPad. Uh, I think that's at least in the talks. So um, this is a game that was uh, Kickstarter. And uh, the first one was a big hit and people really enjoyed it. I was... In a point where I was looking for a new RPG to play, I had beat uh, Witcher 3, I've obviously played Skyrim, I played a lot of the big titles, right, Mass Effect, and someone told me, hey, you gotta try out Divinity Original Sin 2, I saw a lot of my friends were, uh, you know, putting it on their wish list whenever it was about to come out, and I said, eh, okay, looks kind of cool, right? Didn't look into it at all. Picked it up, started it, I said, oh, this is turn-based combat, I'm out. <laughs> and I literally didn't play it again for another year. <laughs> I was super, super wrong in that decision. Because a year later, uh, out of sheer boredom, I booted it up. I said, you know, I paid 60 bucks for this game. I could have refunded it, obviously. I didn't. And I said, Let, let's pick it up. So, if you're not familiar with Divinity Original Sin two, uh, the best way I could describe it is: I think it is the most up-to-date, modern version of Dungeons and Dragons on the computer that you can get, uh, with a story that would probably be a best-selling fantasy series if they decided to to publish it like that. I think, in fact, right now they're releasing a collector's edition. Uh, standalone kind of novel with a bunch of shorts, uh, not novel, but a short story collection of all the characters and kind of fleshing out their backgrounds more. So that is that's how extensive this lore is. If you're a fan of, uh, you know, games like Baldur's Gate and such, uh, Larian has done an amazing job of capturing that essence here uh, in the Divinity franchise and the turn-based combat. I, I know it sounds like you know, if if you like Pokemon and things like that, JRPGs, which I do, um, you know. A lot of people kind of tend to think that that's oh it's slow it's kind of choppy that is not the case here. Uh, Divinity in its in its best form is whenever you are in the combat in a you know twenty to thirty minute battle everything's on the line. It is a, a very skill intensive, uh, decision intensive game, and you're making these little micro decisions of how many moves to make per turn because you only get so many action points uh, to defeat these bosses or just even like a really tough like gang fight. Uh, I I can't think of a game that has frustrated me and left me as satisfied as Divinity Original Sin I remember there is a boss fight late in the game. I think I tried over probably six hours on it, and I just could not beat this boss. And I put the game down for like two weeks. Came back to it, ended up beating it. If you're a gamer, you know that feeling. You, you're if this game's stupid, I hate it, and then you beat it, and you say this game's amazing. <laughs> that I, I felt very very exhausted after I beat this game for all the right reasons, and uh, like I said, through through a narrative that could literally be published as a story, um, a trilogy or whatever a series have you in the fantasy genre that would be you know one of the best when it comes to lore and backstory and world building. The characters are bar, you know, bar none. One of the, some of the best I've ever seen. Just like Mass Effect, you know, a character-driven plot. Uh, but I think the the real, you know, meat and potatoes of this game is that it just feels like the world is your sandbox and you get to play in it. Uh, you can ac- you can accidentally kill NPCs that are uh, pretty much required to beat the game and lock yourself out of beating the game. That's how open this game is. Uh, And it does all that without feeling too overwhelming. I remember, uh, you know, showing a friend Skyrim back in the day that was not an RPG player. And he said, man, this is very overwhelming. And you would think that would kind of be the case here. But that same friend played Divinity Original Sin 2 with me in a co-op mode, which is a blast, by the way. And he said, this is like the greatest game I've ever played. Didn't feel overwhelmed, more so motivated you to go get get into it and, and start doing things. So Divinity Original Sin 2 is a game that kind of uh, broadened my horizons a little bit and also really made me think about, uh, you know, the people who do enjoy Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of thing, and has actually got me even into some of the tabletop stuff now. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, bar none, one of the best games I've ever played, and this and Witcher 3 bounce back and forth in my number one and two slot the most frequently, I think.
0: Wow. So I have to say, um really quick as I'm looking at gameplay footage here. So the one so I got okay. I did not know that this was turn-based.
1: It's turn-based and if, with that, not only positioning being super important of where you enter combat, but the terrain and the elements around you are super important. You can carry a barrel 30 miles in game to a fight. Of oil, if you wanted to, like it's just so open, and it's the the world is oh, like man. This very. Is, this is bad. News it's ba- this, this is
0: bad news, bears for me. So I, now, now, are I'm you like, gonna play? I mean, well, I'm oh, in. Oh man, do I have to play the first
1: one first? No, you do not. It is an amazing. Isn't game the isn't it might... the
0: series is bigger right than just uh yes. but because the, there's like Divinity, Divin Beyond Divinity, none of those are necessarily
1: required to play to get it. You don't need to have any of that. And Divinity Original... Actually, so this is funny. I actually went back and played the first uh, Divinity Divinity Original Sin after 2 because I just wanted more. And I would say it's a notch below Divinity Original Sin 2, so you wouldn't be uh, wrong in wanting to play that, but you can jump right into uh, DOS 2. And (laughs) I'm telling you, the co-op experience... I mean, it is a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, and there are so many mods for this game. Where there, there's actually a Dungeon Master mode, and you can create your own campaign with this world. Wow. Yeah. See, I, mean, I guess
0: I thought I guess I thought that it was just you know like a like a Diablo type game, like an isometric.
1: You know, it like, is a Japanese RPG, but it, it, it's over. You know, it's a CRPG here. It's a Western RPG. Uh, yeah, because those,
0: because now I'm viewing this, and I and well, uh, I'll my final game is is and. Is is a tactical RPG and I love tactical RPGs. Uh yeah, whenever and so now, uh, whenever you told me that. So now this was... is it's just not grid based, but it is essentially a tactical RPG. Uh is, yes is the thing. Yeah.
1: I think uh actually, you know, we were talking about, you know, could we get a couple of people together to play some games? I'm telling you, this with two to four people is I mean, it, it's a blast. I, I can't really even express it. You can take your character on his own journey or he or she's own journey and there's different there's different uh classes obviously uh and you can make like lone wolf characters that aren't baked into the game and give them a backstory i mean it's it's just as open as you can imagine it, it would not shock me to get someone to get a thousand hours of gameplay out of this game wouldn't surprise me at all wow uh, is, the, is the is this
0: is the switch version any good do you know or i heard you it's
1: it? phenomenal I've heard it's phenomenal. Um, it does not have crossplay with the PC, so everyone would have to be playing on the Switch. Now, the cool thing, though, is if you play single-player, you can uh, keep those saves uh, synced back and forth between PC and Switch, which is really cool. Um, unfortunately, no cross-play with the co-op yet. Um, they sa- I don't know if they're going to work on that, because now Larian has put out Baldur's Gate 3, which came out two or three days ago. Uh, and that's getting rave reviews so i mean if Boulder's gate franchise has been entrusted to larian that should just be enough to let you know that they take great pride in their video games and uh, specifically the rpg elements uh, boulders gate 3 i'm waiting on a little bit because they're only really they're releasing it in thirds so right now we have the first third of the game it's in early access i'm just gonna wait till the whole game releases because this is a game when you get into it you play it the whole way through uh the main campaign for this game is about eh, you could be in about 60 to 70 hours usually okay um i did pretty much every side quest and again this is another game where the outcomes aren't stagnant so Uh, You know, if I were to play through it again, I might see total different, uh, you know, different decisions making different uh, paths of the story lead to different places. So uh, there's a lot of replay value here, and the co-op is uh, among some of the best that you could do in an RPG. And the tactics, I I think, are like, (laughs) it's perfect. It's perfect. The gameplay is super rewarding.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. This is, oh man, this is bad. This is bad, bad news bear <laughs> for me, man. I do not need another 60 hour game, but yeah, I mean, wow. I'm looking at gameplay footage here. Cause yeah, I just always assumed it was like, you know, Diablo, Grim Dawn, Silverfall, um, it's any, so much more, any of yeah. those type of those isometric, uh, you know, games where it's all action based. I did not realize, wow, it's, it's, it's tactical based.
1: Which Tactical is... with a story that could be made into a feature film. I mean, tremendous. Wow. Wow. It's a, be- it's a beautiful game, too. You know, it's not, it's not a uh, photorealistic like Fallout 4 or something like that. But No, it, looks, it way, looks gorgeous. I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah. a gorgeous game, yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, some of the mods for that also, the camera control you get, like, just such a personable experience, and uh, the developers are phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think it's digital only for the Switch, which is fine. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's just fine. I don't. I don't need. I don't have to have a cartridge, but I mean, I prefer one. But uh...
1: <laughs> you're one of those physical media guys. I get it. I, I am. I. Def- I, de- I def-
0: definitely am one of those physical media. Okay. Cool. Well, again, this is bad. This is bad news, Bears. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm super duper interested now. So. Uh, all right. Well, um, uh, I have one last one last game here, uh, and that is Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've definitely talked about it on here before. I don't think I've done it in an RPG spotlight. Fire Emblem <clears throat> Three Houses is, without question, my single favorite game on the Nintendo Switch. Um, it has easily moved into my top ten favorite RPGs uh, of all time. And, wow. I, I mean, it's – yeah it, – before I say it's my number one because it's 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 not because my number one's my is my favorite game ever but uh this it's 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 up there it might be in my top might be in my top three um to be honest so uh you know I was I kind of explained to you tactical RPGs I mean pretty pretty similar here um for me what I think of like a, a classical J you know tactical RPG um, I think of shining Force like for the sake of Genesis I think of front mission um, Final Fantasy Tactics, and then uh, you know Fire Emblem, um, and I would say that of those, Fire Emblem is probably the biggest. Uh, has has certainly has become the biggest. Oddly enough, through weird measures. Um, by the way, I don't know if you're
1: uh, have you you haven't really played any of the Fire Emblem games. I have not. This okay. is probably the game that I've been most intrigued by from your recommendation. So just listening to you yeah,
0: and Three Houses itself is. The most different of the rest of the franchise. Um, uh, just, 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 just a, a head, a heads up, a heads up on that. Um, so, so the Fire Emblem series is really kind of interesting because there were a couple games, a couple Fire Emblems released in the West, but not nearly as many that were released in Japan and stuff like that. And it had done really well. And so, um, through. The most like I still to this day am just baffled by this um, is in Super Smash Brothers Melee, uh, you know for for the game for the GameCube they included two Fire Emblem characters, uh, Marth and Roy, and they basically through that people were like, who are these people? Uh, and like kind of helped Fire Emblem in the West uh and so fire emblem has now like now we get all of the fire emblem releases over here and so it's just it's really it's just really interesting i always think about how how super smash brothers saved fire emblem (laughs) like it's just so so random um it's so cool it's so cool it's so cool and that's what's great about super smash brothers is, is nintendo taking all their all their characters and sometimes you're like who who is this person right um and so uh yeah, and anyway um you know so there's there's this is the, obviously the most recent Fire Emblem game Fire Emblem 3 Houses it's it's the big thing about this series is one is kind of its difficulty um in that you know it's a tactical rpg battles can take up to like you know an hour or definitely longer um you know you get different different types of warriors there is uh you know there is this kind of like uh rock paper scissors with you know axes swords lances right then you have archers and you have people who do magic right um and so there's there's all that that they're going all of the games have great storylines but uh for me this is this is the one Uh, since i've now because this is this is my first fire emblem and i've now gone back and played um more of 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 the series my brother again he's this is like his his bread and butter uh he's played all of them there's really good ones on the 3ds fire emblem awakening fire emblem um conquest uh, birthright stuff like that um so the the there this one's kind of cool there are branching paths now that there's dlc there's five different storylines um that you can play uh i'm 110 hours in and i'm on my fourth storyline uh and that's only <sighs> and that's only because um, i i beat the game originally and you can you can now play on there's different di- different difficulties i plan you can play in like casual mode and the difference is originally uh if your character dies if, if one of your characters on your team dies uh and you and you progress forward they're dead forever like you don't get them back if they what? if they die <laughs> yeah that's like the whole deal right I mean, forget, like, great stories, forget, like, fun combat. The whole deal is if one of your characters dies, they're gone for good. So you could be – so, you like, it, it makes you make decisions of, like, I just beat this, like, you know, battle, and I'm so far in. Is it worth it for me to just continue the story? Well, you're down a character. Right. And then you're like, you know, you do know, you want that character. To die. That's so that's kind of that's kind of the whole deal. That's kind of the whole deal in, in, in Fire Emblem. So um, but now I, I, I've played I, I beat the original the 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 campaign that I the, um, and then I've just been playing in, in like casual mode where, OK, if they die, they're not dead forever. Um, but the harder difficulties, I mean, they're brutal. They are brutally, brutally hard. So um, that's just kind of why where I'm at. I'm sure there are people that beat all four and they're like four or all five. And they're like 500 hours in. I mean, literally, I, it would not surprise me at all. Um, there are so many different characters. In this game, basically, the, the story is you uh, – your character's name is Blythe. You are – well, I mean, you can name yourself whatever you want. But Blythe is like the, the given name. Um, you are this mercenary. You end up going to this school where you become a professor. There are three different houses at this school. Um and it's kind of like in the central, uh, the central location in this huge kind of kingdom, Um, and uh, it's all these aristocrats and stuff like that. And then like outside of, uh, basically the world is Fodlin is is the name of like your kind of over the just area of land I guess that you're on. Um, and you have the you have an empire. And you have a kingdom and you have, like, an alliance. And so there's three different political factions around it. And then, like, there's a church that is in the middle that basically kind of oversees everything. Um, And so the original four paths uh, are you're kind of at this, like, academy. And then war breaks out in, like, the middle of it, um, in, like, the middle of the game. And so now you are fighting against some of these kids that you were in school with, right? Like, you were that, you like, that were your students and stuff like that. Now they're, like, kind of grown up. Um, There's, like, a time jump. And so you have to kill people that it's like, oh, man, I like, you know, that person's my friend, all this stuff. And so it's like, but you get to pick which house you want to be in. And then there's a route that takes you on this, like just with the church um, stuff like that. There's a great character development. Um, all of the characters. So like each house has around like seven or eight people. And then there's like a couple more people that ended up joining. Um, you can like steal people from other people's houses um, like as you as you go through and kind of assemble your team, and they all have like intra dialogue amongst themselves. And like every character has di- has like all these like uh, unique dialogue paths with every other character in the game. So there's like an infinite number of combinations like of like of, like the story. It's like it's insane and then it's also different based upon you know which you know unit you're with, and stuff like that, like it's it's so insane. There's so much content. Uh, this is the first Fire Emblem that's not necessarily open. It's not open world, but um, there usually it's just kind of you get like a load, like a screen in the middle, and then you can like go to a, you can go to a tavern, talk to people, and stuff like that. Um, but in this one, you can um, you kind of get to run around this monastery and, and, and do stuff. Um, you know, you can train, you can fish, you can you do all kinds of stuff. You can talk to people. Um, and then at the end of the game, you, you, you get you could get, you could get you mar- marry somebody. Um, in the other Fire Emblem games, you can marry people, have kids, and there's like in Fire Emblem Awakening, there's like um, oh god, there's like a time jump, so you can like have kids, and then you can use those kids in battle. That's a whole different story. It's not in this game, but just kind of so you know about the, of the franchise. Like the store the like there's, I mean, you could easily dump a thousand hours into
1: this game easily. I mean, I'm so, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's so the music in the game, the score. It's so like, to me, it's a 10 out of 10 game with like, without question.
1: I mean, I've heard nothing but good things and I knew how, how high you were on this. I think you put it out on your Twitter and, uh, you know, I looked at it and, uh, every, every review was 10 out of 10, but now hearing you like really go in depth about it, like Dude, I'm pretty fired up. Like I want to yeah. play it right now.
0: <laughs> oh man. Lucky like, going on hold. Oh yeah. You know, between the two, yeah. Fire emblem is 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 definitely, definitely where it's at. Um, I mean, of the five paths, uh the, the the fifth one is the is the new one. It's it's DLC. You can play it kind of just in its own right. Um t- like the way it works is like you're given a you're given like a choice. Uh, and then, like, you, you'll pick, okay, I'm going to go with this house. Um, and so each house has different has different kind of strengths and weaknesses. Um, like, one, my favorite, which is the Blue Lions, Dimitri. Uh, if you look at the cover, he's the guy with, the bl- like, blonde hair. Um, they have better kind of cavalry. Uh, and then, you know, one of the other houses has, you know, better magic, better archers, stuff like that. But then the, you have – the whole thing about it is you have to play through each side in order to get the whole story. Really, because you see the side of you see the war through their perspective, right? Um, and so that in itself is really cool. And, and there'll be things in battles where like somebody will be on there that's like not part of the battle, and you'll be, and your guys will be like, "Well, what's that about?" But then you won't know what that's about unless you're playing on the other side, um, and, and 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 stuff like that. So it, it, I mean, this is <laughs> this is a game that even even if even once I've played through all five sides, uh, like. I'll have to go back again and and play again and still and still make different decisions to to see the di- the the different outcomes, marrying different people. um, and then you uh, there's jo- like the the people in your you can there's jobs, not job systems, but you can you can evolve people into different kinds of knights, Right. Like you can be I want this person to go all magic. I want this person to go uh, become like a Pegasus knight. Right. So they get like they're on a. They're on a like on a on a flying horse, or whatever it's called a Pegasus, right?, uh, which I just said. and you know, or this person I want this person to become an archer. I want this person to be you know use an axe. And so there's literally there's so much <laughs> to this game. <laughs> they're like the character builds, you could do so many different things. I mean, easily a thousand hours easily.
1: I mean, I'm looking at footage which I've already looked at, but I, I just saw the map, and I'm a big map guy. Like, especially when I read fantasy books, like maps are like, I don't know. It's just like a little thing I get really into. And the map for this game looks f- freaking amazing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 cool. Yeah, there's yeah, there's tons of different battles and and stuff like that. And like the cool thing about it is that it's like wow. it it lends itself very well to playing in small doses. Like I think the switch is, is, is perfect for this. I mean, most of the firearms have been, um, uh, have been, have been handheld like on the, on the 3ds game boy advance. Um, I can't remember if there's, there is, yeah, DS there is one. Um, uh, and then, uh, the kind of most, the interesting one. And I, I mean, everybody I think has their favorites in the series. I think this is, this, this will be mine just because I played this one first and it's the most different. um, uh, there is uh, the the one the, the ones that are cool to me are, uh, path uh, Path of Radiance, which was the GameCube game. Uh, which if have you have you ever played Super Smash Brothers,
1: uh, yes, I have.
0: Okay, uh, like have you played like the mo- more recent ones?
1: I I the last one I think I played was on Wii.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. So there's a character on that one, Ike. Um, and he's in it. So that's like he's from the Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, and then. Uh, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn which is the sequel to that but and this is like just I think it's it's cool because I can't think of anything else like this the original Nintendo Wii um, because there were like different revisions of it later uh, you know you can play GameCube games on so if you have saved data from the GameCube game because you can use a game you can have a GameCube memory card in the Wii um it i think we'll give you like a couple little extras or or like there'll be like some bonus dialogue you know or something So it's just kind of cool that it's like it like using it's like oh we know we recommend we remember your thing from old tech uh and i just think that's like that's kind of cool and kind of funny or whatever um but yeah fire emblem 3 houses i mean ugh, there's i just i can't recommend it i can't recommend it enough i i have more hours on this than i do breath of the wild on my switch like when you go to the switch and it's like here's where you have like all of your how how many hours you played, and I'm yeah, and I'm replaying. Real it, quick, I, did I'm you replaying beat Breath right of now? the Wild? Yeah, I've beaten Breath of the Wild twice.
1: I uh, damn, see, I feel like I'm just a bad gamer because uh, I, I probably have about 20 30 hours in that game, and I haven't beat it. You know, we're talking about RPG, so this is right. fine. I haven't beat it yet, and I kind of want to because I know the news Zelda well, is coming out. Is it
0: is Breath of the Wild an RPG? I mean, that's kind of the question. I don't know. The, Z- the Zelda this Z- is Zelda an RPG, of any of them I would say that Breath of the Wild is the most like an RPG. Um, if you go back to like original sense, just because you do get to level up your character, you do have stats in a way. Um, and so I mean I would say that most other Zeldas are action adventure, but I think if you if you had to pick one outside of Zelda two, uh, which actually had like legitimate kind of stats back in the day i would say that this one is the most rpg-esque
1: yeah i so you actually said something about fire emblem that that really resonates with me because i i have like a lot of things i like to do like read and um, my code in my free time as well and I like games that do lend themselves to short burst periods, whereas, and I, I don't mean to distract too much from what you're talking about, but Breath of the Wild, I, 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 I felt like if I played for only thirty minutes or even yeah. an hour, like it might be just trying to get enough ingredients to craft a thing to get myself a buff or some, You know what I mean? Like it just mm-hmm. felt like I was never accomplishing enough. Uh, I found that game to be amazing when I could sit down for four to five hours. Oh yeah. Um, but as I, you know, as the initial burst of playing Wear Off and I was just going to play an hour a day or so, uh, it kind of lost me. And I just feel so, uh, you know, disappointed almost that I haven't finished. Obviously, I still could. It's not like the game's too old or anything. Uh, but I think it's going to take another backseat because it took a backseat to my third game. But now I am i think the next game I play is going to be Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah, I just,
0: I, I can't. I, I just, I can't. Can't recommend. I just I can't recommend it enough. I I think it's it's so good. I think uh n- now knowing what you like in Divinity Divinity Original Sin, I think I think you'll you'll be like I don't. How
1: did I put a hundred hours into this? <laughs> I mean I'm excited because I feel like uh our last two games kind of coincide very well as far as like the type of game they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I have a new game to play, and so do you yes
0: yes yeah absolutely
1: well actually
0: the game that i i i own uh, the game you're about to talk about and i'm only a couple hours into it and this is the game i need to finish because everything as far as i have played um ah. and my buddy adam who who does box truck with me uh is also raved about this game to me uh and i believe uh he said i think he said it was his favorite game of the past decade So, yeah.
1: You know, it's funny because I think, again, our games are kind of meshing really well together here. And Fire Emblem is a game that, at face value, I would have never played. And that is because I'm not a huge fan of the style. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I love JRPGs, I'm not a huge fan of that art style. The anime. It kind of looks like anime, right? Right. The only thing I've ever really been into is Dragon Ball Z. And uh, this game kind of lends itself to the Dragon Ball Z art style, which again, I probably well, it is, still it is wouldn't. The,
0: it is the same. It is the same artist.
1: Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the same artist. Akira totally. Yeah. The game we're talking about, folks, is Dragon Quest Eleven. My first Dragon Quest game. I I have heard of Dragon Quest. I actually remember a kid. Uh, strangely enough, he would come visit in the summers, and he was from Holland, and he would play. Uh, Dragon Quest on his Game Boy and he always told me about it and said how amazing it was. I never thought anything about it. I beat Final Fantasy 7 and I was looking for the new, the remake. Right. And I was looking for more. I loved it. I know some people didn't love it. I loved it. And I was like, oh, okay, I need something else. Like, Give me I the, you know, the needles in. I need some more RPG. And every single thing I read was Dragon Quest 11. And I had already kind of looked at it. I actually had downloaded the demo and never booted it up. Uh, again, unfortunately, because of the the art style and how wrong I was. Mm-hmm. Dragon Quest XI is not just one of the best RPGs of all time. I think it might be the best game I've ever played. And I say that not lightly. Now, it doesn't mean it's my favorite game of all time. It's definitely in my top ten. But I think it might be the best game I've ever played. And it sounds a lot like Fire Emblem, which just tells me, like, man, some of these some of these games that don't get released in the West, isn't it amazing the kind of content that's out there? Mm-hmm. Like, all that Fire Emblem content you talked about, it's the same thing here. Uh, I think to a little bit of a more uh, toned-down degree as far as, like, scope. Uh, but the story is original it so it has a lot of the tropes the chosen one trope uh but it takes a turn in the first few hours and then you're off on a very different type of journey and the world building is just phenomenal and some of the character relationships that you begin to build and as you build your party out are just uh once in a lifetime type stories i i really felt a connection to each person I've added to my party and uh, I care about those characters I really do uh, I find myself caring about them like I do when I put you know hundreds of hours into into a book series or into a television show uh, it's that level of quality and the cinematics and the cutscenes are the payoffs that that you expect with a story to this scope of of epicness if you will um, and then the gameplay, you know, again, it's turn-based, you know, it feels a lot like the old Pokemon games, and for someone who, you know, hasn't played Pokemon in a long time, uh, but has recently got back into turn-based, it is just a blast. And not to mention, as a Dragon Ball Z fan, and Matt, I know you're a Dragon Ball fan, uh, you can go basically Super Saiyan, folks, yeah. okay? Yeah. <laughs> the pet powers are the coolest thing about the combat i love the combos that you can do depending on who's in your lineup and the fights are challenging um the thing i've always had an issue with in jrpgs is the grind right like grinding out levels walking through a bush waiting to get a random encounter well all of this is 3d which is really cool you can play it in 2d if you want to which is awesome for people who prefer that right. and also which really is, good on the handheld by the way right
0: which is yeah which is only on the switch yes but and i believe that is the, that's coming to playstation 4
1: i believe they're about to release yeah,
0: the that version yeah
1: yeah that is correct they're going to release it as the uh uh echo uh, i think it's echoes of an elusive age uh s edition mm-hmm. is, is what it's called so the switch in my opinion is the best edition and also on the folks on the handheld uh you don't get much better than this it, you obviously there's a resolution drop but you can barely tell and if you want just flip it to the 2d i mean mm-hmm. it feels like a, an old school game um but I don't, there is no grinding here. This game is linear. The world is open for you to explore, but it is a linear game, which, as someone who uh, wants this gaming time to be as efficient as possible because of all the other things I need to do, this is perfect. It does lend itself to short bursts. You can just log in, do a couple fights, and level up if you'd like, or you can advance the storyline. I just always feel like I'm progressing in this game. And Mm -hmm. it, it just, the best word I could use, this game is rewarding. It's just very, very rewarding. And uh, you don't have to grind. It levels you up perfectly. People who are not in your party, if you, it, there's no subbing people in and out to make sure everyone's evenly leveled. Everybody gets XP. It's just a really user-friendly game. And it feels like they got a chance to come to the West and to make an impact. And they wanted to make it the best playthrough possible for the player. And uh, without abandoning what makes Dragon Quest a special game and JRPGs in general. I have never been so sold on a game uh, that I didn't think that I would be a big fan of. I kind of bought it on a whim, like I said, and have just been blown away. And I think you have to get out of the first, I would say, three to five hours. And once you start opening up your party, the game really comes together. And once you hit that, you're going to go in stride and you're going to want to complete it. I'm at like 40 hours in and I think I'm maybe a little over halfway. A lot of people say this is about a 70 to 90 hour game. And, again, that's not 70, 90 hours of doing all these side quests and fetch quests. I'm talking about 70 hours of narrative. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, talking about Fire Emblem and now this, this has opened up my uh, blinders, okay? And I'm now looking at games that are not released in the West. There is a lot of great RPG content out there, and I think Fire Emblem sounds like uh, it's in the same league as Dragon Quest level when it comes to just being a sheer masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the Dragon the well
0: the Dragon Quest series well two things. One. Um yeah, now like Fire Emblem is 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 released is released in the West. Um and yeah, and that's that's been the case since well really the 3DS for me is what real is what really kind of pushed uh really really pushed it to like main main staples. The Dragon Quest series has pretty much been over here. It was at, it used to be called the Dragon Warrior series. So if you kinda want to go back, it's kinda it's kinda awkward. That's right. There have been remakes of and ports of like seven and eight reported to the three DS. The seven uh three D S version is like a it's like a remake. Um and I've played a little bit of it on emulator, and it's a lot of fun. And I and I have eight on the 3DS, which I think most people consider at least maybe maybe without um, without uh, this new one. I think eight is what has pretty longly been considered as the best Fire Emblem or, yeah. or Dragon Quest. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, so this, uh, so I actually my first Dragon Quest game was Dragon, and I've talked about this before. Is was Dragon Quest uh, Heroes, which is the hack and slash series, right? Like Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, um, and I loved it. And the, you know, it, it just gets you into the the universe. It's one of the things that I've I've always appreciated, even even from afar. Not really, not really been, been having been involved in uh, this series. Um and I think I think the the best the best way to compare Dragon Quest is to Final Fantasy. Um just because they're both Square, you know, Enix, Square Soft back in the day products. And I even though they are both RPGs, um, I just feel like they couldn't be I feel like actually they they couldn't be more different, uh, to be entirely (laughs) honest. Um where and, and and I mean that in the sense that the thing that I the thing that I love about Dragon Quest uh, is that Dragon Quest? It, it knows what it is, and it and it's and it and it just runs with it. It's like, hey, you're gonna see the exact same monsters, the exact same villains. You're gonna hear the exact same music, but it's just gonna be a different setting, a different story. And they literally, it's like, whereas Final Fantasy um, pays homage to stuff. Right? Like, you know, you look at Moogles and, you know, Chocobos and stuff like that. Um, And they're in the games, but they may not necessarily be a focus. They may not necessarily be a, a, a purpose. Like Moogles in Final Fantasy VII, like, I think in the original version, there's like, I mean, there's like two. I mean, in the whole game, you know, Final Fantasy IX, they're a little more important. They've been prevalent in some of the older games and stuff like that. So stuff kind of goes in and out with Final Fantasy. And then Final Fantasy is always trying to reinvent itself while still kind of holding on to the past where, um, you know, uh, where Dragon Quest, I I view it as, like, imagine a kid who has, like, 20 toys, right? And those are the only 20 toys he has, okay? And he's going to, like, take those 20 toys, and they're the exact same action figures, and he's just going to make a different story every time. Whereas Final Fantasy VII, it's like, well, I still have some of those old toys, but some of those other ones I don't really care about. So I'm going to go buy a bunch of new ones, and then I'm going to make a story. Whereas like Dragon Quest is the opposite. We're like, nope, I got my toys. I'm set. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, now this guy's gonna be the king, and I'm gonna do this here and stuff like that. And so they're just different approaches, um, and I just, I just always kind of appreciated that about Dragon Quest. I mean, the Dragon Quest theme is the exact same theme; it doesn't change. Not like they remix it, they remake it. I mean, it's like it is the exact <laughs> same thing, and it's great. Every time I hear it, I get pumped, no matter what game no matter what Dragon Quest game I'm playing. It's, it's, I love it. I, I love it. It's, it, it's just,
1: it's, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. and. Uh, that is different for me. So, like, for instance, Mass Effect and Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, very mature themes, right, and very serious. And and don't get me wrong, DOS 2 is full of really good humor. I actually think it's some of the best video game humor I've had. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is a very adult storyline, and, you know, you're facing big, strong guys in armor and whatnot. In Dragon Quest, like, it almost put me off at first. I'm fighting, like, slimes. And then, like, uh, you know, uh, pig witches and stuff like that. It's just, like, ridiculous stuff. Uh, and at first, it kind of threw me off. I was like, man, I wish this was a little more serious. But as you go through the world and, you you know, you meet these characters, uh, Rab comes to mind, just, like, a ridiculous old man character. It's just like, um, you know... You kind of get comfortable with it. It's actually nice to take a break from games that are so serious, especially Final Fantasy VII, right? Like, you know, how how emotionally draining that game could be and how serious the stakes are. The stakes are still high in the overall story of Dragon Quest XI, so it's not that. and It's not that the game can't be taken serious, but, like, there is kind of like a, hey, you're still playing a video game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's... <sighs> I
0: don't know. I'm just I'm not, I'm just like I'm just like sifting through looking at some of the other games uh in the series and you know what you know what I think I think I think I found I think I found the reason. Um and it all comes down to, it all comes down to the art style, right? Like I think yeah. it's it's easier whereas like within Final Fantasy they're always pushing, you know, technology uh yeah. and, and stuff like that and so you have drastically different characters. Um, and so then when they do games like Desedia and stuff like that, like they just, feel, some of the characters feel different and out of place and stuff like that. Um, whereas with dragon quest, because they go with that anime, you know, art style, uh, you know, that Akira Toriyama dragon ball art style. It all looks like it just, it all fits because it's the same, right? It just all, yeah, it, it feels all fits.
1: familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels familiar. And man, I don't know the world building and the story for this game. I have really just blown me away. And I mean, I really do think it's one of the best games I've ever played, and I haven't even beat it yet. But it's just, it's just a pleasure. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this game exists, and it's not like accepted to the levels of like a Zelda or a Skyrim. Like, right. it's just, it boggles my mind.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm looking, and, and I have this, I have the Switch version as well, and I think, I think it looks good. Um, I, yeah. but I am looking, I am looking at the PC version, and it's really good looking
1: there there's a 4k mod too yeah it looks really good i thought about it, <laughs> yeah, the, thought P- about the, it. the pc
0: version looks really good <laughs> i'm not gonna um, yeah. i'm not gonna lie but i know that like it's like i have kind of put i've picked this game up and i have put it down and i've picked it up and i put it down and i know that there's no way i'll finish it if it's if i play it on pc um because i just have so many I, other things on, on pc um and so I, I need to play the switch version because I can play it you know in in bed and on the couch and stuff like that to really really dive into it.
1: Yeah, I've actually become very much more of a couch gamer. I used to be a hardcore PC only. I, I went from like consoles, and then as I got older, I got into PC gaming, a lot of multiplayer things. But you know, the reason I wanted to do a spotlight on RPGs is because I've really came back to just the single player games. And oh uh, yeah, me too. Sometimes they're just better on the couch, or sometimes they're better in bed, or on the toilet with the Switch. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's I,
0: That's <laughs> what I love. That's what I love about the Switch. The Switch to me. It was the, literally the most genius idea ever, which is just, hey, here's basically a Game Boy that you can play on your TV when you want and you can play on the couch when you want. And over the course of the Switch's lifestyle, there have been games, and this is one of them, that I normally would have bought on PlayStation 4 or or, or PC because I wanted to play it when it looked the best. But the ability to just play on the go, I is like I've I there I have bought games on Switch just because I can play it on the go.
1: Yeah, I mean and and I really can't stress enough how and I'm actually so I, I do enjoy those things, but like for instance, I've never played Breath of the Wild on handheld. Mm-hmm. Um not 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 for any particular reason other than I just like playing on my really awesome OLED. And I gotta say, like I've been playing Dragon Quest like fifty fifty. So mm-hmm. it's really opened up and it is tremendous on the handheld mode.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Hey, this is fun. We went through six great RPGs. Jimmy, I'll definitely have you back on
1: the show. Uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the Flockavelli, or just search Jimmy Nuts. And I also run a YouTube channel. It's called The Fantasy Network. It's where I go over my favorite uh, fantasy books. And I'm constantly reading and putting out uh, reviews just for anything in fantasy, modern, or classic. And uh, also trying to do a little bit more sci fi. And I also go over a lot of Stephen King, which I'm reading Pet Cemetery right now. And if you didn't know, uh, Pet Cemetery audiobook is narrated by Michael C. Hall from Dexter. Well, okay. amazing that sounds
0: that sounds good i wa i watched the original pet cemetery movie i did not watch the uh remake of it but i i don't really like to do scary things
1: so let me tell you what michael c hall narrating that is very scary uh i'm not gonna my wife is away this weekend and i've been checking behind my back you know making sure the cats aren't looking a little weird uh, <laughs> so, but if you if you want to check out anything in fantasy, if you want to get back into reading, or you are an avid reader, please come check out the channel, uh, check out the reviews, and maybe you'll get motivated to uh, start a new journey with me.
0: Okay, awesome. All right, well, and you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Gaines Bros, um, and of course you can also check me out on I, with Box Trek on Twitch or YouTube. And with that, thank you, uh, Jimmy, for coming on, and guys.